In the name of Jesus, amen. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what Peter said, quoting the prophet Joel in that first sermon for Pentecost. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's such a simple solution. Solution to to our deepest human problems. Call on Jesus and you'll be saved. But it sure seems like a slow solution. And we don't like anything that's slow, right? Like traffic on 270, or decaffeinated coffee, or that little wheel thingy spinning on your computer, or a family member in the bathroom, hogging the bathroom when you're in a hurry. If you ask my family, they'll tell you that I'm usually the one in there, taking my sweet time. You know, the hair. (laughs) You can't rush this. No, we don't like anything that's slow. Especially when that slow thing is supposed to be a solution. (laughs) We want plug-and-play solutions. Frictionless, effortless, right out of the box. But some things don't work like that. Some solutions take time to spread, to be adopted. They're real, they're effective, they solve the problem, but for whatever reason, they're not taken up. The gospel is a solution like that. There are solutions in the medical field like that. Solutions that are real, that that work, that help, that solve the problem, but they take some time, maybe years, maybe decades, maybe more than a century to be taken up. For example, did you know that it took more than a century to develop and spread solutions to the illness known as cholera? More than a century. What's cholera? Picture a little girl, maybe five, six years old. She's got dark hair and dark skin. You imagine she has dark eyes too, but you can't see her eyes because she's got them shut tight. She's on a bed in a one-room hut with a dirt floor and a thatch roof. She's doubled over in pain, groaning with cramps in her gut. And then she starts throwing up. Projectile, vomiting like you've never seen, and diarrhea, and this goes on for hours. That's cholera. It's a bacteria that gets in your system, usually from contaminated drinking water. Your body is about 60% water, and what happens is the bacteria secretes a toxin that doesn't let your intestines absorb the fluids that your body needs, and so the body is wrung out like a sponge. 
and drinking more water to replace the lost fluid doesn't work because the victim doesn't want the fluids and the intestine doesn't want the fluids and so it just all keeps coming out. And in less than a day, she will lose one-third of her body weight. She'll go from 60 pounds to 40 pounds in one day and in 48 hours, she's dead. That's cholera. When cholera was spreading around the world, it came to the city of Paris in 1831, and a doctor there said, as with other diseases, they end in death. This one begins with it. There have been six worldwide cholera pandemics between 1817 and 1923. Now, prevention is one way to deal with cholera, which has proven to be the most effective way. Treatment is another thing, but prevention is the most effective we don't worry about cholera right now because, thank the Lord, we have metropolitan sewer district and advanced water treatment systems that prevent the bacteria from getting in the water in the first place. So say a prayer of thanks be to God every time you send in your sewer bill. Amen? But in countries that don't have developed water treatment systems, cholera and other intestinal disease, diseases like this are still an issue. At the end of the 20th century, Intestinal disease caused by contaminated drinking water was still the number one killer of children. It's an issue. Now, treatment to cholera is a, is a more complicated thing. There was a discovered an effective treatment in 1906. They discovered that if you put fluids intravenously right into the veins through an IV, that can replace the fluid enough to save maybe about half of the victims. In 1960, though, there was a more simple solution discovered. Because the IV is dependent on complicated medical training and equipment and liters and liters of IV fluid needed, and, and that's not scalable on a global scale. So there were still solutions being sought for cholera. In 1960, they discovered one. And it's so simple. Sugar, water, salt. There was a cholera outbreak in the city of Dhaka in Bangladesh. Scientists did experiments on 29 cholera victims. They gave them this simple solution of sugar, water, and salt. And it was enough that the gut could reabsorb the lost fluids, and all 29 survived. Looking back on this discovery, people who study this say that it was one of the most important medical discoveries of the 20th century, credited with more than 50 million lives saved. It's such a simple solution. Sugar, water, and salt. You don't need technical degrees to spread it. You don't need expensive medical equipment. Every mother should know how to mix up this simple solution and save her daughter's life. But 20 years after the solution was discovered, it wasn't being implemented. It had stalled out. It was a slow solution. Why? There's a doctor named Dr. Atul Gawande. He's written an article about this. This is where I'm getting this information. Dr. Gawande says, to understand why it's a slow solution, you need to picture that little girl 
and she is vomiting like you've never seen, and trying to make her drink sugar water doesn't feel like it's helping. She doesn't want it, and even when you force her to drink it, it just keeps coming up. You're supposed to be helping her, but it feels like you're torturing her. There's no immediate reward. Even after she starts to feel better, you have to make her keep drinking it for five days to get it all out of her system. And so this solution, it contradicts conventional wisdom. It's uncomfortable. It requires sacrifice without immediate reward. That's why it's been slow on the uptake. The gospel solution is a, a little like that. It's the real solution to all my problems, all your problems, everybody's problems. Well, what's our problem? Picture it like this. You wake up in the morning on a beautiful summer day and you look outside and somebody's thrown their fast food trash on your front lawn. What's wrong with people, you think to yourself? Your friend's a public school teacher, and she's telling you about her, one of her kindergarten students came in the other day feeling queasy, reeking of her mother's marijuana smoke. What's wrong with people, you think to yourself? You get a text later that day and a friend tells you that his bullied child is in intensive care after trying to commit suicide. What's wrong with people? And the more examples we think of, the more angry or apathetic or self-righteous we feel about what's wrong with people. The latest school shooting, the wars and rumors of wars, stories about corporate corruption and cover-up. What is wrong with people? But then we look in the mirror and we're people too, right? And if we weren't just mouthing the words just a little before when we confessed our sins, we know that all the same sickness is in us. And God is not happy about this. The Bible word for it is wrath. And there's a day of wrath coming. You think you get mad about someone throwing their trash on your front lawn. Think about how mad God must be about how we are ruining his good creation. You heard about the day of wrath coming. The sun will turn to darkness, the moon to blood, fire and blood and smoke. The day of wrath is coming. But the good news is, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, God's righteous wrath is real, but enfolded and enclosed around that is love and mercy. See, God chooses to respond to our human problem not just with anger, although he's right to do so, he responds by looking through our guilt, through our sin, to see a sick child who needs his help. 
a sick child who's so sick she, she doesn't even want the one thing that'll save her. A sick child whom he loves. So God responds to our problem in love. And it's not because we deserve this. This is just who God is. This is what God does. God is love. He's a loving father from eternity. God has a son. And he loves his son. And the love between the father and the son is the Holy Spirit proceeding from them. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from eternity perfected the solution to our human problem. God the Son became a human being, took on our flesh, took the toxin into himself, died with it on the cross to put it away forever, and rose again and sent out his Spirit into your hearts and my heart so that we would cry out, Abba, Father, so that we would call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That's the solution. And it's perfect. It's complete from God's side of things. And now we got to deliver it. How do you deliver the solution? It's the Word. It's, it's what we're doing right now, what we're experiencing right now, the Word the spoken word and the written word of the Bible, the, the visible word and baptism and the Lord's Supper, the conversational word and the, the body of Christ. It's the word. That's the delivery system. That's how the Holy Spirit works this thing called faith in our heart by which we cry out, Abba, by which we call on the name of Jesus and, and so be saved. It's such a simple solution. You don't need an, an expensive theology degree to implement it. You don't need fancy church equipment. Just listen to the word and call on the Lord. That's it. So simple. And you'd think this solution would go viral. You'd think everybody in the world would know it and have it and cherish it. But it hasn't worked like that, has it? It's been a little slow on the uptake. Calling anybody Lord in our culture is contradictory to conventional wisdom. There's sacrifice without immediate reward. It's a slow solution. So how do you spread a slow solution? Well, maybe we can learn a lesson with how they spread that oral rehydration, sugar, water, salt solution to solve the problem of cholera. The year is 1980. 20 years ago, this oral rehydration solution is discovered, but it has stalled out. The people who need it don't have it or don't know about it or don't care about it. They think it's foolishness. Other countries have tried to spread the good news of this miraculous salvation. They've used broadcast media, instructional videos, mass public announcements and they have failed almost entirely because people don't want to hear it they think it's foolishness the message hasn't gotten into their homes and huts and hearts it contradicts what they already know to be true and so it is the spreading of a message has failed in the country of Bangladesh though in 1980 there was a doctor named Mushtaq Chowdhury 
He wrote a book about his experience. It's called A Simple Solution, How to Spread It to Millions. He saw what these other countries were doing with the high-tech, low-touch attempts to spread the message, and he saw how it was failing. So here's what he did. He tried something that's often dismissed as inefficient. He got a team together, and they went door-to-door. Fourteen women that were trained on how to mix up this oral rehydration solution, one male supervisor, and a cook. He figured that the, the male supervisor would be able to protect the women when they're out on the road, and the women would be able to protect each other from the male supervisor. He sent them out in this team, and they just went door to door to every house and hut and home for a year. They didn't schedule too many visits in a single day, so they weren't rushed. They let the, the mother of the household ask questions. They showed her how to mix it up, sugar, water, and salt, explain how the process to save the, the child's life when, when the disease strikes. They, they gave chances for them to mix it up themselves, not just telling them, but showing them how. And then over the next 10 years, they equipped other teams that went out, and over the course of a decade, they visited 12.5 million families face-to-face, door-to-door, every house and hut, almost every household in Bangladesh over the next 10 years. And from 1980 to 2005, Child deaths due to intestinal disease dropped 80%. 80%. Saving millions of lives. People talking to people face to face. That's how you spread a slow solution. My calling is to Lutheran Hour Ministries. My, my job is to proclaim the good news of Jesus over the airwaves and on the internet. But if all that Lutheran Hour Ministries were doing is a, is a broadcast, it wouldn't be enough. God knows it wouldn't be enough. Because when God opted for his solution, he didn't pick the high-tech, low-touch route. He became a human being in his son. He became one of us. He put his spirit inside us. God chooses to save the world at the speed of relationships. It's been 2,000 years since Peter's Pentecost sermon. And there are billions of people waiting to hear the word and call on the Lord and so be saved. But how will they call on him if they haven't trusted in him? How will they trust in him if they haven't heard of him? And how will they hear of him unless someone speaks of him? And how will they speak of him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Whose feet do those belong to? Your pastor? Yeah? But Moses' prayer has been answered, friends. Would that you would give your spirit to all people. Would that all people be proclaimers. It's you. You know people that 
your pastor doesn't know. You know people who would never come into this church, at least initially. You know people who would never listen to my program. God is sending them to you. Tell them what he's done. And if it seems slow, wait for it. The vision will come to pass. It will not fail. In the name of Jesus, amen.